Awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing, God. Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? storehouses laid with snow who imagine the sun and give source to its light yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night none can fathom indescribable uncontainable you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing God. All powerful, untamable, awestruck we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are amazing God. uncontainable you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name you are amazing God incomparable unchangeable you see the depths of my heart and you love me the same you are amazing God of my heart and you love me the same you are amazing God you see the depths of our hearts and you love us the same you are amazing God I am so in love 
with you. The simplest of all love songs I want to bring to you. So I'll let my words be few.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Um, we thank you for all the mothers that are here. Lord, we just lift them up to you. And, you know, sometimes it's a really hard job, and sometimes it's really easy, but it's always rewarding. And we thank you that we look to you for answers on how to raise our children. Lord, I just pray that you be with Pastor Nick as he brings forth the word to us today. God, just anoint his words, anoint his lips, and may we have ears to hear. Thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, NPC. <laughs> Thanks. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, and happy Mother's Day to everybody who raised all of these wonderful people in this church building. And happy Mother's Day to everybody online. We are so glad that you've joined us this morning. My name is Brittany Everett. I am married to that man over there that is about to bring the word this morning. And I am the communi creative communications person that does some of the stuff that you see. Um, this morning, the worship team was doing an acoustic set, and they wanted to do a campfire in the middle, like they were just, you know, singing around a campfire. And as a creative person, I was like, yes, let's do it. But I don't think the fire department would have liked that. Um, <laughs> so... Anyways, if you're new here this morning, we have these connection cards right here that you can fill out, and you can drop it in that offering box back there, and we will contact you this week and get you more information about the church. Um, and if you are not new here, we're still glad you came. All right, and then if you guys want to turn to 1 Samuel 1, that is where we will be hearing the word from this morning. You can also check in the Bible app, and under the events, there's the notes are all there. And then we are going to turn our attention to the screen. We're going to watch a video about the youth missions trip. And I'm also going to invite the youth missions trip people, these lovely ladies over here, to come up on stage while the video is playing. Turn your attention to the screen. How do you spend it? How we spend our time determines who we are and who we're going to become. And I don't know about you, but I want to be somebody who loves. And this is why we created Next Step, to help young people become the person God wants them to be. But let me take a step back for a moment. What is Next Step? We mobilize thousands of young people to serve around the world. Our goal is for you to grow closer to God by working and serving alongside people from different cities, countries, and cultures. We do that through short-term mission trips, but our impact is anything but short-term. We partner with communities throughout the year, supporting local organizations and leaders as they determine the best way to meet their needs in their community. When you come on a Next Step mission trip, expect a life-changing week filled with meaningful and challenging work projects. Whether you're building a house, shingling a new roof, serving meals at a local food pantry, or spending time with these crazy little kiddos, you'll be making a real difference in these communities. Every night you'll rock out with dozens of other students as our live bands lead you through powerful worship. We team up with amazing speakers and authors like Bob Goff and Francis Chan to create original films that challenge and encourage you in your faith journey. These evening experiences are designed to get you thinking and talking about your personal relationship with Christ. And at the end of the week, you'll be able to take a day to explore all the awesome adventures your community has to offer. You could be hanging out on the beach or rafting down a river. No matter what, you'll be having fun. And by the time you return home, you won't be the same person that left. And to support you on that journey, we've created a ton of additional resources to inspire and help you connect with God. We continually see young lives changed on these trips, but don't just take our word for it. This is actually my fifth mission trip with Next Step, and I've worked with 
everything from inner city Milwaukee to Pine Ridge in South Dakota where we worked with the Native American Reserve there. And so every experience is amazing. Everyone is different in its own way, but everyone has impacted my life like so much. It's been really great. I always tell people that Next Up is awesome. It's really cool to see people from all over the country come together for one purpose, to uplift the community and to bring light and empower people. I think that is great. Next Step is fantastic. All mission organizations have goals that they set to be Christ-centered and servant leadership oriented and fun. Next Step lives out those goals better than any other organization that I've seen for short-term summer mission trips. You brought in comfort for me, and I'm very grateful. So what are you waiting for? How do you spend your time? Who's the person you're becoming? Join us on a Next Step mission trip this summer and discover the person God wants you to be. We're so excited that this year we're going to Boston, Massachusetts, and this is the seventh year that New Promise has partnered with Next Step Ministries. Uh, this is our group of wonderful young ladies who I'm so proud of uh, that are going on the mission trip this year. Uh, everybody give a little wave. I told them that they wouldn't have to speak, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to that word. Otherwise, I'll get like death glares from a lot of them. Uh, <clears throat> but they've been doing all kinds of awesome work. Uh, they raised over $2,000 uh, through the Sausage Fundraiser. So thank you to everyone who has helped uh, participate in that. Uh, thank, a special thank you to the Bayline family uh, for everything that they donated towards the Sausage Trip Fundraiser. Uh, sausage Trip Fundraiser? Sausage Fundraiser. <laughs> uh, but we still have a little bit of uh, fundraising still left to do. So at the end of the service, we have another video uh, to tell you what our next fundraiser is. Uh, and if you would, after service, the ladies will be out by our booth out there, uh, and we'll be out there every week until we are fully funded. Uh, just come by, say hi, uh, ask them about themselves and how you can be praying for them. Uh, we have such a wonderful group of young ladies. And also, if you would, please pray for me because it's all girls on this trip and me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're awesome. They're going to be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> well, I, can, I can hear the eye rolls from up here. I don't even have to look. I can just hear them. Uh, but we have such a, a wonderful group of students going this year. And we just want to ask that you partner with us in prayer uh, and also help them to go without a huge financial burden as well. Uh, so thank you, ladies. You may return to your seats. Um, now we have a special Mother's Day video. Shortly. My favorite thing about mom is hugging. Hugging? You love hugging, mom? Mm -hmm. um, that she makes food every day for us. She likes dogs like me. She's always looking for people that are um, silly and that have high energy. My favorite thing about my mom is that she's lovable. She's a really awesome mom and she takes us very fun places. She likes cooking and like she always does what me and my sister like to do and she never fails us. 
My mom likes flowers. Yo, Danny Wines. My sister's mom gives her hugs. My favorite thing about my mom is giving her hugs. What makes her happy is probably spending time with me. Me, my sister, and my grandpa. What makes her happy? When I do chores. For me and my sister clean the kitchen for her because she loves cooking. That, um, I, when I say I love her or I do some chores, that's me, my sister, and the color purple, and my dad makes my mom happy. Makes her happy. Us, the kids. She, everything makes her happy. She's just one of them. She, she always finds the good in everything. Uh, how me and my mom are, um, sort of be like is we're both funny. Um, we both like spicy sauce. We both like to go to Starbucks. We're both pretty beautiful. <laughs> we look pretty similar. Sassy. My mom is the best at doing art and having fun with us. My mom is the best at cooking. Well, cooking is good. Cooking is great. My mom is the best at tucking my little brother in the bed. <laughs> How old is my mom? Well, <laughs> um, 20, no. My mom is 40, but she likes us to say she's 35. 13? Oh. 13. 13. How old is my mom? I'd rather not say. Where is my mom's favorite place to go? She likes hiding in the car away from the family sometimes. <laughs> what is something you, your grandma always says to you? I love you. She'll be like, Hadley Rose, go do the dishes, or... My mom is amazing because she never gives up. Her mom let me cuss. Because she gives me milk. I love my mom because she's pretty and she's nice. I love my mom because she is so loving and kind. I love my mom because she is kind. I love my mom because she is kind. My mom really likes to laugh at everything, and she's a really funny laugh. She's goofy. My mom is the best at singing. My grandma is the best person I have ever met. My mom is an amazing mom. My mom is a loving mom, and she is super good at most things and I love her for all those reasons. Uh, my mom is a mom. She does things that moms do. Am I gone? <laughs> my mom is angry when Garrett won't stop asking her to get him water at night. <laughs> 
What makes my mom angry is when my dog slobbers on her pants every day before she has to go to work and then she has to change them. And then he does it again right before she walks out the door. <laughs> what is something your mom does every day? She has to come into my room twice to wake me up. The first time she says, good morning, come up, wake up. And then the second time, get up now. <laughs> I'm the best kid in the whole world. I love my mom a lot. I love my mom. You love me, mom. I love me, mom. I love my mom. <laughs> and we love her. We love her. What's my mom is honestly the best mom I could ever ask for. <laughs> Thank. We have some uh, pretty great kids back there, um, <laughs> which means we also have some wonderful, amazing moms and parents. Uh, so this morning, we just want to say thank you and happy Mother's Day to all the moms uh, who are in here uh, and all the grandmothers, uh, and we just thank you for every wonderful thing that you've done for us. My mom is here today, so thank you, Mom, as well. Uh, you are an amazing mom. It's <laughs> still amazing, Mom. Not was. Um, so thank you all, and let's give a big round of applause to the mothers. James Dobson tells the story of a mother who was sick, and she had the flu. Uh, and her little, do little, little, I, I stumbled over little in the first service, too. It's such an easy little word, and I stumbled over it. Her little daughter wanted so much to be a good nurse so she brought, she brought her mom an extra pillow, and she fluffed it up for her. She brought her a magazine to read. Uh, she was just taking care of her, and she even surprised her with a cup of tea. And her mom was like, wow, I didn't even know that you knew how to make tea. She's like, yeah, mom, I, I learned it from watching you. And she's like, oh, that's sweet. She's like, yeah, I got the, I got the cup out, made sure it was clean, and then I, poured the, I, I boiled water, put tea leaves in, put the water in, and then I strained the tea leaves out. Uh, the only thing is I couldn't find the strainer, so I used the Fleiss water. Uh, and, and her mom was like, what? You used the what? And she goes, yeah, don't worry, mom. I, used, I didn't use the brand new one that we just got. I used the old one, so I didn't mess up the new one. <clears throat> I bet if you're in this room and you're a mother, you have uh, at least one or two equally as disgusting stories about your children, uh, and, and being, mom is, being a mom is not easy. Uh, I heard about a woman once who said before children, um, before she was married, she had three theories about parenting, and now that after she's married and she has kids, uh, she has three kids and no theories. Uh, so I think we can all relate to that. Uh, if, if, your mother, if you're a mother, uh, you know that motherhood can be messy, and at times frustrating, and exhausting, and it's a 24-hour-a-day job. Uh, it's something that you always are. And there are no foolproof formulas. Kids are different. Uh, you can raise the exact, or you can raise two kids the exact same way, and they can turn out polar opposites of each other. Uh, we're, we have that in our own household. We have three kids. Uh, we feel like we've been raising them about the same, and they're all very different personalities. Um, 
We know being, mo- being a mom is not easy, and so today I think it's very appropriate and very right to pause and say thank you to our mothers and to honor them and to thank God for them. At the same time, I know that Mother's Day uh, can be a very difficult day for some of you for lots of different reasons. Some of you have lost your mother, and she's no longer here with us, and you really miss her. Or maybe some of you just don't have that great of a relationship with your mom, and that you wish that it it could be better. Uh, Some of you may be separated from your mom because of COVID right now, and that's been hard on you. Uh, Some of you might want to be mothers and desperately want to be mothers, and it just hasn't happened for you yet. So if this Mother's Day is painful for you, we as a church, we mourn with you. And I want to read to you Psalms 34, verse 18. It says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Before we turn to our scripture this morning, let's open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful mothers in our life. Whether they're biological mothers or the the women who have raised us, Lord, we thank you for the influence they've had on us. Lord, we thank you for the godly women in in our church who are ministering to the children. Lord, I pray that you pour blessings out upon them. And Lord, I pray that we can continually dedicate our children to you. Lord, I pray that you be with those who, who have a hard time on Mother's Day. For those who, who dread this day because it reminds them of what they don't have or the loss that they've suffered. Lord, be with them. Comfort them. Let us come around them and be a comfort to them. Lord, we thank you this morning. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As Brittany said, we are going to be in the book of 1 Samuel. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me as I clear my throat. And we are going to start right off with verse 1. It says, There was a certain man from Ramathim, uh, a Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jerem, the son of Elihu, the son of Toha, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other, Penina. Penina had, had children, but Hannah had none. So here we are, here we meet Elkanah, and Scripture says he had two wives. And even if you've never read this verse before, read this Scripture, when you hear he had two wives, you have to know that there's trouble coming, uh, because you're only supposed to have one. <laughs> um, so even if you haven't read this, when you hear two wives, red flags go off, Uh, Polygamy was a fact of life in the ancient world. However, the Bible never puts it in a favorable light. Uh, Strife and conflict always characterize polygamous families in the Bible. So even though some men out there might be thinking, two wives, that sounds pretty good. No, no, we learn from the Bible. There's a lot of negativity that comes along with it. And we see here exactly that kind of negativity in Hannah and Paniah's relationship. Uh, it was intense. It was competitive. Um, Penina had children. <clears throat> Hannah did not. But Hannah was loved and favored by Elkanai. So we have this competition between these two women. Continuing in verse 3, it says, Year after year, this man went up 
from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she would weep and would not eat. It's possible to be in the house of the Lord, to have his blessings at your table, and still be miserable. We see this in Hannah. She's at the house of the Lord, a double portion of this food in front of her. This is supposed to be a joyous, a, a, a grand time. This is, they do this once a year where they'd go up to the temple and sacrifice to the Lord. And then they would get these, these portions and get to eat the fruits of their labor and celebrate with God. And she was there, and she couldn't enjoy it. She couldn't enjoy it because her desire was to have children, and she could not. She couldn't enjoy it because her rival kept rubbing it in, kept saying things that just pushed her the wrong way. I'm sure we can all relate to that. Maybe there's somebody in your life who does that to you. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe sometimes we come to church, and there's something eating away at us. And even though we're sitting here, and we're, we're worshiping with the worship team, uh, we're listening to the message, we're praying, it's still, it's still drawing us away. It's still making us miserable, even though we're here in the house of the Lord. That's the situation Hannah was in. <clears throat> Continuing in verse 8, her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? That might have been a question that he did not want the answer to. Uh, um, but husbands out there, have you ever been in this kind of situation where you know you're supposed to say something, but then you say the wrong thing? I'm there like at least twice a week. Right, Britt? My dad's there like four or five times a week. And he's a long-haul truck driver, so he's not even home most of the week. No. <laughs> in Elkanah's response to Hannah's sorrow, we see that he really did love her. He really loved her. That's why he gave her a double portion. He loved her, and yet he said something that, that didn't help. He said, well, I don't, didn't, doesn't my love mean more than ten sons? And I'm sure in that moment, in her heartache, all she could do is, is mourn what she wanted and what she couldn't have. She had such a desire to be a mother. Scripture says the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Beyond Hannah's painful trial, there was a purpose of God. God used the trial of a closed womb to accomplish something great in her life and to further the whole plan of salvation. Even though things were hard, God was still in charge. Even if you're walking through something right now in your life that's hard, remember that God is in charge. There's nothing too great or too small that we can't take to the Lord in prayer. It kind of seems strange to me that Paniah, who in this story seems to have a bad character, she's always, she's always riling up Hannah, even though she's the one who is blessed with children, it, it's interesting that she was the one who was blessed with children. And Hannah, 
who we see having good character throughout 1 Samuel, was cursed with barrenness. Oftentimes, we don't understand God's ways until he has completed his plan. Oftentimes, we don't have the, the long-term plan in mind. We only see what's right in front of us right now. And sometimes that's pain. Sometimes that's hardship. And sometimes we have to wait a little bit, get a little bit away from our situation to realize what God is doing in our lives right now. <clears throat> Maybe God is taking you through a trial right now in your life in order to strengthen you for something else that's coming. Maybe you're going through a trial right now in your life so that God can teach us something. So that God can teach you something. Hannah, there was a greater plan for Hannah than just to be barren. That wasn't the end of her story. In verse 10, it continues, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping <clears throat> bitterly. Hannah was in great anguish, yet she does the right thing. She took all of those bitter and anguished feelings and she brings them before the Lord in prayer. That's what we are called to do as well. It's okay if we're honest with the Lord. It's okay if we're going through stuff. We don't have to pretend with him. He knows what we're going through. He wants you to bring it to him anyway. His shoulders are big enough for our burden. Continuing in verse 11. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever touch his head. Hannah began her prayer by calling to the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty is a title that is used over 260 times in the Old Testament for the, for the Lord, for God. Almighty, it, it translates to the Lord of mighty armies. Hannah felt attacked by her rival, attacked by the fact that she could not bear her husband, who she loved, a son. So she called out to the Lord of mighty armies to be her protector, to be her savior. This morning, how are you feeling attacked in your own lives? What are the things in your life that you need to give up to the Lord and ask him to be your protector on, to ask him to be your savior? Hannah promised her son to the work of the Lord, vowing he would be a Nazarite from birth. She says, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. According to Numbers 6, the vow of the Nazarite includes the following. An abstinence from any product from the vine. So grapes, or more importantly, wine. Uh, and that signifies a distance for the person taking the vow from fleshly, earthly pleasures. Also, taking no part in mourning for the dead, nor to even come near a dead body. This showed that the Nazarite had greater concerns than the ordinary joys and sorrows of life. She promised that he would never cut his hair because that would be a public display of her son's vow. Typically, the vow of the Nazarite was taken for just a set period of time, and it was something that people would opt into. It's something that a young man would or a woman would say, I am going to take this vow and become a Nazarite. So in order for this to happen at birth, we only see it a couple places in Scripture. Uh, we see it in Samuel, 
and we see it in Samson in Judges 13. Um, where, and, and they're unique because they were Nazarites from birth. So it's just another layer of being dedicated to the Lord. Now, Hannah and Elkanah belong to the tribe of Levi. And what we know about the tribe of Levi is that it's the tribe of the royal priestlyhood. So we already know that the people who are in the tribe of Levi are dedicated to the Lord. So Hannah dedicating her son to the Lord is kind of already something that's, that's happening. It's already going to be something that, that happens. He's going to grow up. He's going to be a priest. Uh, but the, the typical uh, cycle for that was when a young man came of age at around 25, they would go into the priesthood, and they would stay in the priesthood until they were about 50, until they were no, able, no longer able to do the sacrifices uh, and some of the physical labor that they would have to do for that. Um, and so by dedicating him at such an early age, she's again dedicating him another level farther than she's already would have dedicated him. She's consecrating him as not only a Levite, but also as a Nazarite. It would be easy for Hannah to say, I don't need to dedicate my child to the Lord, because he's already dedicated. But there was a deeper dedication for the Lord to draw out of Hannah. We're going to pick back up in verse 19. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their homes at Ramah. Elkanah laid with his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. One thing to note here is that it didn't happen right away. There was a period of time where Hannah had to sit with this, this vow that she had made. She had made this, vow, this, this great vow to the Lord, saying, I'm going to dedicate my son when you choose to give him to me. And I'm sure as she was waiting, she was wondering, is the Lord going to enter into this vow with me? Uh, is, is this going to happen? And all that time, probably that hurt continues, that pain is continuing. But she had faith. Even though it took some time, She's a great example of, of those who have faith and patience inheriting the promises of God. The meaning of Samuel's name is God has heard. So every time she said the name, she was reminded of what the Lord had done for her. Had done for her. God has heard. So even in the middle of the night when, when he woke her up screaming because he was hungry, God had heard her. Even when he wasn't doing exactly what she said as a little, little toddler, she was reminded when she said, Samuel, God has heard my prayer. This child is dedicated to the Lord. Hannah's vow to give her son to the Lord for all the days of his life. Hannah vows to give her son to the Lord all the days of his life. Hannah made her deepest desire known to the Lord in prayer. That's an important thing. We need to be making our deepest desires known to the Lord in prayer. Continuing in verse 21, when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Now at this time, uh, weaning a child would have probably been somewhere between two and three years old. Um, I, it's, a, it's a little earlier for most people on average today, 
Uh, she might have even taken it to four years. She was probably in no hurry to wean Samuel because she knew at that point she would only see him once a year when she took sacrifices to the temple. Elkanah responded to her, do what seems best to you. Her husband, Elkanah, told her, stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy and her young, at, with her, as young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an F of flour, uh, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli and said to him, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. Now, if we go back a little bit, uh, she's praying to the Lord beside Eli, and Eli comes by and says, Woman, are you drunk? In her prayer, she was so adamant and so, like, exuding what she was praying for that Eli thought that she was drunk. And here she is saying, Eli, look, this is, this is the, you thought I was drunk? I was praying for this child right here. Um, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he will worship the Lord there. So Hannah dedicates Samuel to the Lord. Hannah follows through with her vow. She made a promise to God, not knowing what God would do. God responded by fulfilling that vow, and then she upheld her end. You might say, especially if you have kids, I, I think of my, uh, my youngest is two right now, and to think about only getting to see him once a year when I, when I come to church and make sacrifices is, is a crazy thought. And you might be sitting out there thinking, well, that's, that's too high of a price to pay for a mother to have to be away from her, her small child. And you're right, it is a high price to pay. And it's the same price that God paid when he gave his only son to this world. When his son entered into this world and died on a cross for our sins, God made that sacrifice as well. Hannah's greatest desire was for her son Samuel to follow the Lord's calling in his life. Hannah's greatest desire was not to have Samuel go to the best school that money could buy. Her desire was not for Samuel to be the head of his class, to be the cool kid, to make varsity volleyball or basketball or baseball. Not that those things are bad things, but that wasn't her primary focus. Her primary focus was something of spiritual value. She wanted Samuel to fulfill his call. Someone once said that the only earthly possession that we can take with us to heaven is our children. So we think, how can we train our children to walk hard after the Lord, to follow in his ways? If we go back to verse 28, at the very end, it says, And he worshiped the Lord there. This three-year-old child, when brought to the temple, knew that this is the place where he needed to worship the Lord. He was brought up to know who the Lord was, to know that he needed to worship him, and to know that he loved him. That is what we are called to do as well with our children, to raise them up in the same way. 
Hannah is a great example of someone who served the Lord, willing to dedicate her son to the Lord. Through Hannah, God raised up Samuel, who was to anoint the kings of Israel, and so prepare the way of the king of kings, the Lord of lords. There's five things that we can learn about prayer from Hannah. The first thing is this. Hannah knew where to take her problems, straight to the Lord in prayer. She knew that complaining to Elkanah wouldn't do it. She knew that complaining to Paniah wouldn't do it. She knew that holding it in wouldn't, wouldn't solve anything. She knew where she had to take all of that anguish, all of that pain, all of that desire. She took it to the Lord in prayer. We are called to do the same. Number two, in her brokenness and pain, Hannah trusted God's power and ability to work on her behalf. She put her trust in the Lord. She knew that she needed to go to the Lord in prayer, and beyond that, she knew that she had to trust the Lord. There was a period of time after she made that vow where she had to wait. And I'm sure that was one of the longest periods of time in her life where she just had to wait on the Lord. Maybe you're here today and, and you're waiting you're waiting for that family member who you've been praying for all your life to come to know the Lord, and they haven't yet. Maybe you're waiting for that. Maybe just like Hannah, you're out here and you're, and you're waiting for a child. You're waiting. Put your trust in the Lord. God has the power and ability to work on your behalf. Number three, she believed God would do what he says he would do. God follows through on his promises. God, God never writes blank checks. When God says he's going to do something, he does it. Number four, Hannah was faithful and strong to uphold her end of, of the prayer as a commitment to God's plan and sovereignty. God's going to follow through with his promises. The question is, are we going to follow through with our vows, with our promises? With our end? Are we going to share the good news of the gospel with people? Are we going to share what Christ has done in our lives with one another? Are we going to share it? That's what we're called to do. We're called to take that word to people of all nations. Number four, Hannah was faithful and. Oh, we did number four. Number five, she gave praise for the way he had worked. So afterwards, after she had Samuel, she praises the Lord. She praises the Lord because he is the one who opened up her womb. Every good gift that we have flows from God. There is nothing that you have in your life right now that is good that did not come from him. There is no good relationship. There is, there is no thing that you own that has not been given to you as a blessing from God. And God wants to bless us so much more than we're already blessed. And she gave praise for what God has done in her life. She made a point to tell Eli, I prayed and God delivered. The last thing I want to say is, God will never allow our pain and brokenness to have the final word in our life. We, we go through lots of things as human beings that can be painful. 
that can be hard. And the Lord, even though those things are going on, the Lord wants to be with us. God wants to guide us through that. And he's never going to let pain and brokenness be our final, final piece of our story. Redemption, salvation, these are the things that, that God wants for us. I think of this quote, and I think of how beautifully mothers embody this. Mothers are a great example of Christ's love, of God's love in our own lives. I think of Brit as a mother, and anytime our kids get hurt, have a skin knee, uh, one of them is in pain and crying, the first thing she does is she, she runs up to him and, and she tries to figure out, hey, what is wrong? Can you tell me what is wrong? And then our kids will tell her what is wrong, and then she does what she can to fix that pain in our lives. The same thing is true with us and God. When we get a skin knee, we can, we can go to God and be like, God, this is, this is how I'm hurting right now. This is how I'm hurting. And God blesses us through that, through those prayers. God answers our prayers. It might not be immediate. Like Hannah, Hannah had to wait a while. Maybe we're not asking for the exact right things. We want to line up our hearts with what God wants us to ask. But God wants us to bring everything to him in prayer. And mothers are an amazing example of this. Um, so as we close today, um, let us close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of the amazing, wonderful, godly women in our lives. We thank you for all of the mothers. We thank you for them working tirelessly in our lives 24-7. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for those relationships. Lord, I pray for any, any relationships in this room, who any, anybody in this room who has a, has a rocky relationship with their mother. Lord, I pray for healing on that relationship. I pray that you can bring that relationship back to right. Lord, I pray for everyone who's in this room who might still be mourning a loss of a mother. Lord, I pray that you comfort them. Bring people around them today to comfort them. Let them know that they are not alone. Lord, we pray for all of the women who, who want to be mothers and haven't been able to yet. Lord, we know that you have a plan. Lord, let us trust your plan. Let us trust your timing. Lord, let us do everything we can to uphold our end of the bargain. We know that when you, when you make promises, you follow through. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. Lord, we pray that New Promise Church, we can continue to grow. We can continue to grow spiritually. We can continue to grow step by step with you. Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Now, if you would, uh, direct your attention to the screens, and here is what is coming up at New Promise Church. Thank you so much for giving your sausage fundraiser. Our next fundraiser is an envelope fundraiser. The first step is you take an envelope. Pick a five, I'm going to put five dollars in here. And now I'm taking the prayer card from my Write your name on this list so we can say thanks. You put your envelope in the offering box at the back of the auditorium.
Or you can give it to a team going on the mission trip. It's pretty simple. If you can give $5, take the envelope with the number 5 on it. If you can give $95, take the envelope with the number 95 on it. Once all envelopes are taken, we will be fully funded for our missions trip. We appreciate your support. We are partnering with Hannah's Home for their annual baby bottle campaign. What you'll do is take a bottle from the table outside of the hospitality room and fill it up with your spare change and money at home. When you fill it up, you can return it here to the church and there will be a bin that will be outside the church office. The campaign starts today and will continue through Father's Day. Please remember to pray for and give an offering towards the Jenkins family who are missionaries in Papua New Guinea. Benji teaches at Christian Union Bible College and Erica teaches at a daily women's group while homeschooling their children. God is doing amazing things through their ministries. Her small groups are tomorrow night at 7 p.m. in the chapel. You could join us in person or by Zoom. If you are interested in joining us virtually, please call the church office. Can't wait to see your smiling faces. Next Sunday, May 16th, there will be a food pantry meeting after second service in the hospitality room with Scott Bayline. Next Sunday, Pastor Rory will be starting his new sermon series called Fight for Your Family. Hey everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you to all the mothers and grandmothers out there for all of the years of love, support, and encouragement that you poured into our lives. You have truly made a lasting impact in our families, in our communities, in our church, and in our country. We really hope you feel honored, valued, and loved, not just this day, but every day of your lives. We'll be back next Sunday morning as I begin a new series in Nehemiah 4.14 called Fight for Your Family. But today, have a very happy and blessed Mother's Day. We'll see you next week. All right, we're going to pray for Pastor Rory and Karen as they're driving back from California. Their daughter just graduated from school in California, um, and so they're moving her back towards here. Um, don't forget to check out that envelope fundraiser back there. It's just past the Christmas tree full of socks, things you never thought you'd say. And um, one more way that you guys can um, help out at the church, we've got VBS coming up in July, at the end of June, June 28th through July 2nd. It's 6.30 to 8.30 at night, and we need volunteers. So if you want to be someone who helps raise the children in the church, like what we were just talking about, it's a great way for mothers and fathers and grandfathers and people who are want to help invest in our kids' lives. Um, and if you've never volunteered in our children's ministry, now is the time, because there's so many kids back there. Seriously, guys, there's so many kids back there. Um, so we need a lot of volunteers. We need people to help teach the classes, and if that's not your gifting, we need people to lead crafts, and we need people to lead games, and we need people um, to help with registration and some small group discussions. And then we're also going to provide meals for the people who are volunteering. So you don't have to, like, come home, make a meal, and then rush to church because we're going to provide a meal for you. So, anyways, if you are interested in signing up for that, at the back by the children's ministry, there's a sign-up sheet with Amy back in the back corner, way back there at the end of the hallway. So we'd love for you guys to pray about that and pray for the kids that will be attending. We are going to do a Lava Lava Luau theme and it's about emotions and controlling your emotions and having God help you with that. So it's going to be really great, and we need all of you to sign up. Um, just double-checking my notes. I think that's everything. All right, so let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are in our lives and for all the things that you can teach us through your word. 
And Lord, I pray for the Gruder family as they're driving back across the country, pretty much exactly across the country. Um, Lord, that you would just keep them safe and bring them back to us for next week. And I just pray for all of the children back in children's ministry, Lord, that you would touch them this morning and that all of the mothers would feel special this morning. And we pray all of these things in your name. Amen. All right, and have a great week, guys.